Hi, and welcome to Jazz Talk Seattle. This is the May episode, and my name is Josh. And my name is Max. And this time, we are so, so excited to have two guests with us. We have uh, from the award-winning concert live stream platform, Loudswell, with founder and tenor saxophone player, Gordon Brown. Welcome, Gordon. Hello. What up? And we have Brady Harvey from Booking Productions. She's a photographer for KEXP, and I understand you're a, mis- uh, uh, you're a musician as well. But yeah. I don't know what you play. Would you be able to tell us about it? Sure, yeah. I play guitar, keyboards, pretty much any of the weird instruments. Um, I was in a band called T-Cozies for about a decade, so played a lot. Cool. Yeah. I'm really wait, curious. Wait, keyboard and guitar are weird? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, do, I do all the things no one else wants to do. I do them all simultaneously. Oh, you know, one of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Very awesome. Yeah, that's rad. So, uh, yeah, Loudswell just won the Earshot Golden Ear Community in Action Award for 2020. Congratulations. That's why this is an award-winning platform. And <laughs> let's uh, let's just get started from the beginning for how this all got started. How how did get uh, Loudswell get started? Yeah. Um, well, it got started because uh, I had a gig cancel um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so back in March 2020, uh, one of the bands I played in was set to play a show here in Seattle. Um, and it was right around that time that you know, shows were getting canceled or postponed left and right. Like things were starting to lock down. The future was looking very uncertain. And this particular band leader, um, like this show was part of a West coast tour and he had already sunk some money, uh, into, you know, kind of production costs and, uh, wanted to recoup some of those costs and couldn't now that he, you know, wasn't able to do this live gig. Um, so he calls me up and we start brainstorming ways that we might be able to live stream, um, the show from his home studio um, and actually make money, uh, from it. And at the time, and this is still pretty true, um, you know, there's a zillion ways to live stream yourself. Um, but actually like earning money, monetizing those live streams, is kind of tricky. Um, so I have a background in technology. Uh, I used to be a director of engineering at uh, Redfin uh, and then before that, Microsoft. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and I've always <laughs> kind of done music, you know, and, and technology at the same time. Um, and I had this idea of combining some uh, technologies uh, from esports in the gaming world, and they've been monetizing live streaming for like a decade. Um, I threw together this this dinky little website and launched, and we uh, streamed our first show the night of that canceled gig from his home studio. Wow! And yeah, uh, so that's how we got our start. And why we're still here is because that first stream was hugely successful, beyond our wildest dreams. Um, like we really didn't have any idea what to expect if people would show up, let alone open their their wallets. Um, but he played a we played a ninety minute set, and um, people came out in droves. There was over ten thousand views. Uh, we earned forty two hundred dollars, uh, which you know um, was far more than I think we would have made playing a live show. Um, and so the next day, you know, my phone's ringing off the hook from other uh, artists, uh, the press, other people who want to get on the platform. And I was like, well, I only designed this website for this one show. I guess I need to like figure something out to make it um, last a little longer. So we incorporated. I found some great people like Brady. And uh, here we are. Wow. Awesome. I was going to ask, actually, did you you know, organize a team initially or was that something that happened kind of along the way? We'll talk about that more later. I, just, I was curious. That first show was really just like, you know, 
um, like I had a week to kind of put things together. Um, okay. And, uh, and it was really just for this one show. And so there was no team, there was no company. Um, it, we were just trying to get scrappy to figure out how to <laughs> like actually like get some money from live streaming. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was very, very small, very kind of uh, low budget uh, at the time. I, I will mention that um, our chat moderator and PR person, uh, Nicholas Polamanakos, uh, was part of that crew, the very first show, uh, okay. you know, manning the chats and um, helping people out with their do- tip donations, talking about the band. And he's still with us. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're still going. That's awesome. Well, congrats on an incredibly innovative idea and a successful one at that as well. Thanks. Um, it was initially called live concert stream, I believe, right? Is that yeah, correct? I, I hope people forget that name sooner rather than later, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, too late. You it's know, on the record it, now. It has a, yeah, it has, you know, it brings a thing to mind, I guess. But, uh, why did that change? And I suppose when did that change as well? Uh, that's a great question. Um, why did it change? Well, it turns out that liveconcertsstream.com is a terrible name for a couple of reasons. Um, <laughs> and like, by the way, like I, I picked it kind of, you know, because I needed something really fast. And like, when you need something really fast, you can, at least my brain kind of goes in this default, like, let's, let's find something really descriptive. Um, yeah. you know, and so, uh, the site was actually like originally live concerts dot stream like dot stream is like oh. one of those top level domains that you okay. can buy these days yeah uh, which makes a lot a lot of sense until you try to write that url in platforms like facebook that don't recognize dot stream and think you're a spammer so oh, no. <laughs> you know in retrospect it was a terrible name so we actually rebranded from live concerts dot stream to just live concerts stream uh and it's terrible because you know when you have descriptive names for your business like that it becomes really hard to do things like trademarking um and uh and also like the two s's like concerts stream which is just like (laughs) it does not roll off the tongue and so we knew really early on that uh, a rebrand was in our future but it was you know picking a new name was kind of like picking your band name it's like this process where like all the all the options kind of suck and you just like you know keep like you know throwing ideas at the board until something sticks and um we went through that process back in what was it ready was it like february Oh, what, thinking about the new names? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was way before that, right? Yeah, it was like September. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So we landed on Loudswell back in September, but we didn't actually go through with the um, rebrand launch until this past February. So we've, we've been sitting on that name for a while, um, trying to like you know come up with some new branding materials and locking down some rights to it. And uh, now we're Loudswell. Very cool. Nice. So yeah. I, uh, at this point, have seen a lot of concerts on Loudswell and also have had the pleasure of being on the other side of the camera and performing on a concert on Loudswell. And it's been a really great experience. Um, and But I also personally have done some small-time live streams on YouTube or Facebook or even Twitch. And I want to hear from you two uh, what your personal opinion is on the difference between just uh, doing one of those things yourself versus streaming on Loudswell specifically and working with your team. Brady, you want to take that? Sure. Um, yeah, I think for um, anybody that's kind of streaming for the first time, especially, it's super daunting um, to have to deal with all the gear and deal with um, like the open broadcast software, which is what we stream through. 
Um, and so having somebody else that can kind of help you through that process, um, which is what our tech person does, um, he meets with everybody ahead of time and double checks that their internet's going to work and everything. And then, um, he can also like troubleshoot and really sit with people and, and make sure they have everything worked out so that when the show actually happens, all that you have to be stressed about is a show because let's be honest, that's always stressful enough. You know, like <laughs> musicians don't love being really like, like 10 minutes before they're going to go on stage. So sure. it's, it's nice to have, to know that somebody has your back before you start to play. Um, and if anything does happen, we are able to kind of troubleshoot behind the scenes and deal with things um, like during the show, which is really great. Um, That's right. And also we're able to um, stream to multiple locations at once. Hmm. And um, a lot of folks, if they just do it on YouTube or just on Instagram, mm -hmm. it can only go to that one spot. So you're really only able to get your fans on that one platform. Um, but we're able to go to a bunch of platforms at once. How do you um, do that? Yeah. So it's through um, Restream. Um, and uh, we can go to like our Facebook, our YouTube, and our Twitch and our website. And then the tips actually happen on our, our homepage itself. So they all direct to uh, tip there. Very cool. Um, yeah, but we can go to like the artist Facebook or YouTube as well. I was actually, I, I've seen several of your shows, um, but only on your website. And I didn't realize they were actually like on YouTube and Facebook as well. And Josh pointed that out to me and I was like, oh, wait, how does that work? And then you kind of, yeah, okay. That's very cool. Yeah. Spoiler alert, for I talked tipping, to Gordon about oh, it ahead. before. <laughs> That's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so if people want to tip during a show, what does that look like? Yeah, I can take that. That's... Um... So I think that's part of our special sauce about the whole thing and why it works um, is that we've made it really easy. Um, so when you watch a stream on Loudswell, there's a tip widget, uh, a little form that lives right alongside the stream. Um, and it's just only got a couple fields. It's got a dollar amount, um, uh, an optional uh, a name field, and you can type it whatever you want in the name field. And some people have gotten like really creative <laughs> with how they want to appear. Um, and, a, and a message to the artist, and you hit send, uh, and it takes you through kind of a PayPal checkout without actually leaving the stream. Like it's there's like this pop up, um, and you uh, complete uh, your transaction, and you're back in the stream. And the cool thing is, like when that happens, almost in real time your tip donation actually appears on screen for all to see um, uh, across all the platforms. So like on Facebook, Twitch, on the artists, uh, social media channels, everybody's just saw that you threw in 20 bucks uh, for the show. And as a musician, that that's really exciting to me. It's adding a, like a layer of transparency to artist compensation that we don't mm -hmm. often see. Um, and, you know, in the best of cases, it's ascribing value to music. Um, we hope that it's like encouraging people who would otherwise not really consider like throwing some money at a live stream to like, like, Oh yeah, people are tipping. This is worth it. I should probably mm -hmm. tip myself because I'm enjoying the show. So that, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. How it yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's a great feature. Yeah. So I had another question about these shows. Yeah. The tipping system is really, really rad. Um, and uh, as far as I know, most of your, if not all of your shows are free to watch. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, there... it kind of goes back to like making things easy. 
Um, like so many uh, live streaming platforms have paywalls or like complicated registration systems where like you need to create an account and like get a special URL just to view the show. And oh, by the way, that show is only going to be available for 48 hours. Um, But in the spirit of keeping everything simple, yeah, all of our shows are free to watch um, and we host them for all time. And so you can go back and watch a show that we broadcast like a year ago and throw some money at uh, that artist. Like the tip form is still live. You can tip you can, for a show yeah. like two months ago. Yeah. And Whoa. so like for artists, it's like this kind of residual like revenue stream. That's uh, very just, cool. Yeah. Just by going through us. I did not know that was a thing either. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super exciting. Uh, so wow. Well, originally I was going to ask if there were any plans for ticketed events in the future, but it sounds like probably no. The future is confusing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what I do know is that like, I, I think we need some simplicity uh, in this space. Uh, it's, it's far too complicated right now. Sure. And um, I believe in keeping things open. So uh, definitely like, going to stay that way for a long time to come. That's awesome. I like that philosophy a lot. Um, rad. Yeah. So, uh, I had a couple of questions. Um, I just thought of a new one actually. Um, I, well, a long time ago when this first started, I was looking at, uh, what was then live concert stream and I noticed that it was original music only. And is that still the case? And if so, can you talk about kind of why that is? Uh, is that still the case? Um, sort of, this is a, this is kind of a sensitive topic. <laughs> Um, Uh (laughs) yeah, yeah. So at the very beginning, I'll just be totally frank at the very beginning, we were concerned about copyrighted material. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't want like DJs, like spinning like tracks that they don't own through our platform. And, um, so we have language in our terms of service that, um, not only like encourages, it kind of demands, you know, original music Mm -hmm. and, you know, like as a music lover, like there's some great covers out there, but I kind of prefer hearing like original compositions. And, um, so I was kind of biased in that way as well. Um, what we've learned is that, um, it is important to only play music you have rights to, but like we kind of operate, um, as a pass through in many ways. And so like really what Loudsfall does is it helps get your live live stream out there to the world. And we try to bring as many people to the show and we help you monetize it with these, you know, donation features. Um, but where the stream actually lives, it'll actually like end up on the platform destinations. And so if we're streaming like Hmm. to your YouTube or to your Facebook or to your Twitch, that's where the videos are actually getting archived. And those major platforms have license agreements with ASCAP, BMI, and, um, they're kind of looking out for the artist rights there. And, and you see this every once in a while when like, you, you see a, a video has been muted or can't be monetized in mm-hmm. any way. It's because the major platforms has detected that like somebody else owns the rights and it's not going to let you um, make money through like ad revenue. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember playing a, a gig at the Sea Monster a long time ago. I guess not that long ago. And they had, uh, I went to go look at the video later and it was taken down. Because they had just somehow discovered that we were playing a cover of a song in the middle of the set, and even though it sounded nothing like the recording, we're able to identify it, which is kind of crazy. But the AI tools that these major platforms use to detect copyright violations is getting scary good. Yeah, um, like you could play a cover very loosely and still get flagged. Um, mm-hmm. For a while, I kind of <laughs> suspected it was using kind of the auto captioning features for like you know songs with lyrics. 
to like, you know, kind of detect uh, copyright violations just through the words. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think it like, there's some like chord progressions or some kind of like, yeah, there were I, no words at this concert. Right. Yeah. It happens yeah. to instrumental music all the time. Um, so they're getting scary good. Yeah. So cool. let's talk about the, uh, experience of performing itself on this platform. Uh, for both of you, is there, is there a difference between doing a live stream performance versus a live in-person performance? Yeah. Um, I think one of the main things that you have to remember when you're live streaming is that, you know, you might want to get lost in the performance part and, and just be playing and maybe not paying attention to what's going on on, on your computer, but it's super important to interact with your audience still because there is an audience. They're just not in the room with you. Um, so live streaming is kind of really odd for musicians because they're not used to this at all. Um, but, um, the folks that seem to earn the most, um, and just have a real online audience are the ones that engage with, uh, the people that, um, come and hear them every week or, um, are in the chat, they're in the chat and responding to people or taking questions from the audience. Um, it's really important to remember that the people are there and at least in the very least, thank them for, for list for watching and listening. Um, so I think that's like the major thing is getting used to this weird new adventure on the computer of what a show can be, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So I have some questions that are, uh, related to that. Um, I know that you as a company have partnered with a number of venues in town and also I'm, I'm assuming in other cities as well, that they have the cameras and microphones and the recording capability and you work with a sound technician and video technician on site, right, to, to help the artist even more than you already do. Um, but as that's happening, does that mean the artist that's performing at that venue loses access to seeing the chat? And if so... How do they better interact with an online audience if, the, if they're not the ones running the computers? Yeah. Brady, do you want to take that? Sure. Yeah. Um, we do have all of our chat um, flows to our actual website. Um, so the, there's a chat module next to the tip thing on our mm -hmm. website. And um, you can actually see where all the comments are coming from. It'll say Facebook, YouTube. Oh, gotcha. Um, so they'll be all there. So so some folks do choose to um, kind of interact that way. Um, but yeah, that, that is true. It depends on the venue. Um, some venues will put up a, a, a screen so that they can see that chat happening. Um, but like the other night, um, we had Benjamin Hunter on from the Royal Room, and he really just kind of spoke with the audience the whole time like they were in the room, and it was really cool to see mm. that because it, it makes for a more intimate performance and it feels a little more special uh, because uh, they feel like they're actually there a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how they do things on, on our site. Usually it's through the, through the chat bot there. Cool. In the shows that you guys have seen, uh, would you have any tips or advice for musicians who are looking to get better at interacting with cameras instead of an audience? 
It's funny you should ask that because I think did, did we just publish that? Did we just post that blog post today? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just today, hot off the presses, <laughs> we uh, we published. Uh, we have a blog on the site, um, a news section, and we just posted some tips on how to make your uh, live stream really successful. And um, you know, there, there's some like kind of obvious ones, or maybe not obvious. I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but like you know, don't take set breaks. Uh, because internet audiences just have zero attention span. Um, and if you don't have like a bar with alcohol to like hold your audience captive during a set break, <laughs> you're in trouble. So, um, yeah, but also like, you know, one thing I would just like to note is, um, 95% of artists who live stream for the first time are nervous. Like, and I don't know, Josh, if you experienced this or Max, if you experienced this in live streams that you've done, but like even the most like seasoned, well-toured international artists um, will approach a, a live stream and just get kind of like stage fright, like for the first time in decades, perhaps, because it's so different. And the reason I want to mention this is because it is so common, like everybody feels it, but that that feeling just washes away after the first tune, usually. Um, so it's not unusual to, to kind of feel a little like oddly nervous um, because there's no audience to interact with. You've just got this camera. Sometimes you're like all by yourself in your bedroom <laughs> about to go live to maybe thousands of people on the internet um so it's this weird thing playing for a camera is weird i remember initially with the first few times i did that even just recording of any kind in front of a camera was terrifying and then eventually it got better but i think josh and i both remembered uh what that might be like when we recorded our little mini speeches for the earshot thing. I don't know. I, I had to do like 40 different takes of talking. Before oh, I, it was I still so didn't even get... ridiculously nerve wracking. Me and Max were talking so to each other as we were recording our acceptance speeches. And it was like, man, the two of us have been filming ourselves playing music all year and it's been fine. And all the instant we had to say a bunch of words, like both of oh, us yeah. just froze up and it was ridiculous. Awful. Just, yeah. <laughs> you are not alone. This, uh, this happens to pretty much, I can't explain it either. I have no idea why, but uh, it, it's kind of, I don't know, in a way it's kind of fun to go back to those, you know, like those like very early, like stage jitters. Like, I, I don't know about y'all. I, I don't get them very often anymore. I and mean, like when you feel it, it's like, oh yeah, that feeling, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not playing so much, but not talking yeah. is a whole different animal. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Cool. So how does promoting work with you guys? Yeah, um, we uh, mostly just do most of that through social media. Um, so Nicholas takes care of that. Um, so we promote through both uh, YouTube and in sorry, not YouTube, Facebook and Instagram um, pretty heavily. He's on there almost every day. Um, and then we also have recently started doing a, uh, an email that goes out to our monthly uh, subscriber email list. Um, and, it's, and it's starting to grow, so that's great. We're on volume two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we do a little of that. Very um, little bit here and there. We'll do an ad every once in a while um, just to push some of the posts on Instagram or, or on Facebook so that more eyes get on the event. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we do. We can't really go postering outside on right. the phone <laughs> calls or, you know. Yeah. I would just add that, like, you know, um, we have a financial incentive to um, make your live stream successful. Like, the way our fee structure works, like, we want your live stream to be successful because that makes us successful. Um, so we don't, like, have any upfront fees 
Uh, we're totally free to use for artists. We just take a small percentage of the gross just to cover our costs. But that means we're partners. Uh, we got to like partner up and um, promote your show so that as many people come out and catch it and hopefully donate. Um, so I feel like that's something else that's a little different about Loudswell. Yeah, I really, really like that about your platform that makes yeah. uh, the artists and your platform want the same thing. And that, that creates a really, really healthy incentive for for this that's that's awesome exactly so and I've, this is the thing that like i've learned that you know in the absence of live music venues at least for now um artists have had to become really savvy uh with how they promote themselves online um and you know before the pandemic this was a thing too obviously and like some artists are very good at you know cultivating their like online audiences and letting you know them know about shows but especially during the pandemic i think a lot of artists have like kind of realized like oh I don't have like the benefit of the tractor tavern to like, you know, talk about my show for me and like bring their audience out. Like I have to do it myself. Right. So promotions are hugely, uh, hugely important now. Definitely. So say someone wants to do one of these shows, how do you go about booking artists or bands? Yeah. So, um, just depending on where they come from, um, sometimes, uh, they'll come from our website. Uh, there's a big apply to stream button there. Um, and people can apply that way. Um, also it's often, um, word of mouth. Somebody that's performed with us previously might recommend, um, another artist to us, or they have another group that they want to have perform. Um, that's different from the first one. Um, and so it's just kind of been growing over time. Um, we've done a bunch of shows also, uh, in outside of Seattle. So we've done some in New York. Um, and, oh, cool. uh, one in Colorado, we've just been kind of, or a couple in Colorado, we've been kind of stretching out. Um, so now it's fun cause then we get to work on different time zones all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that you get multiple shows a day and then sometimes, and they'll come out of different time zones as well. So it's oh. always interesting. <laughs> so to, to go on that, does that mean that you have like people who work in different cities or do they just kind of plug in whatever their setup is to the internet? And then that runs through you guys here. We operate 100% remotely. Uh, okay, so cool. we're, yeah, we're based in Seattle. And when we like do a show out of New York or New Orleans or LA, they stream to our servers and we coordinate uh, through Zoom and through you know uh, email and telephone calls. That's awesome. It's definitely safe too. Like that's kind yeah. of like was our, our first kind of impetus to like run this way is that, you know, it's not safe to get together. So like, how can we help artists from afar? So when you do like a partnership with a venue, do you guys go there at all, or is that still totally independent? We have. Uh, so if it's local, um, okay. we've, uh, we've helped a couple venues kind of get set up for streaming. Right. That Maybe they didn't have the right equipment uh, or just needed some uh, advice on how to configure things so it's going to look and sound its best. Um, so, so we do that here and there. We also do it for individual artists too, uh, streaming from their homes. Um, you know, we really like work one-on-one -on -one with them to, to help them with their live stream. Man, that's awesome. That's yeah. really, really awesome. Uh, and just a curiosity, do you get to book your own musical projects on this platform as well? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, uh, the True Loves have a live stream coming up on May 28th to promote. Um, that's kind of an album release day for a second full-length album. Exciting. Um, uh, and it's going out through Color Red. Um, 
And then, yeah, Brady, are you aware of like anybody else that's kind of been in this situation? Um, I have tried many times to get Greg Kramer, who is our video video person on on the on the streams, and I'm going to try again. So, Greg, I'm I'm coming to get you again. <laughs> oh, he's going to love this. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, our streaming engineer Stuart Jackson um, is part of the Polyrhythmics Road Crew. Like, he runs all their sound and lights uh, when they're on the road. And he's done a couple um, kind of interesting like album release shows for the Polyrhythmics uh, where the band's not actually playing. Um, but we did this one show uh, where they just uh, they were promoting this uh, album release where it was kind of like the Brady Bunch, like heads in boxes. Um, and everybody was just you know streaming from their own homes, sipping cocktails and just talking about tracks as they played from the album. And it was kind of an interesting format, but oh my gosh, did it work out? Like tons of fans showed up. Uh, they made a lot of money. That's so rad. Yeah. Now you've talked about a couple team members so far, and uh, I know Gordon, you started this out as just like a one person deal. Uh, but now we have Brady here on the uh, on this episode, and you've alluded to a couple other people. How many people are do you have on the team right now, and who are they? What do they do? It's a good question. Uh, I think we've almost mentioned everybody. It's an extremely small crew, um, and one of the things I really like about this crew is that we're all deep in the music industry. Um, yeah, if we're not musicians, like we've been in the mu- music industry for a long time, and we have you know connections. And so, like, we really kind of understand the things that, you know, um, artists want out of a live stream or out of, like, a business relationship. Um, And I think that's helpful. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention our co-founder, Aaron Starkey. Um, So he's been working a ton behind the scenes uh, to help us with the technology and set business direction. Awesome. And I am, I am forever grateful to him and everybody else on the team. So it's, I was waiting for when his name was going to show up uh, because uh, like you, I also split my time between music and working in technology. And I worked with Aaron Starkey at a technology company, a software company like eight, nine years ago. And so when I was perusing through your website and looking through the, uh, the people that worked at Loudswell was like, whoa, Aaron's here. That's <laughs> awesome. I haven't seen him in a very long time, and it was just really cool to get to see his name. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he is extremely connected. Like, he's just been in the scene for, for ages, both for like, sure. working like on the technologies and uh, playing with Gibraltar and his own projects. Um, and again, that's true of everybody. Like, I, I, you know, the, the way Brady and I actually met uh, is kind of a, a funny story. Um, just like to kind of exemplify like how well connected everybody is. Like, I, I think I first met Brady. Uh, what did we decide? Was it like two or three years ago at Timberfest? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think Brady, you were like coordinating. Uh, you're, yeah, uh, like yeah. artist liaison. So I'm just checking in everybody and making sure they're there. And I work for Artist Home as well. So that's yeah, right. Another yeah. job. <laughs> and, and the true loves had a set at timber and brady helped us get all set up and i just remember being like really impressed with like how helpful she was and then like a couple years go by and this loudswell thing starts up and aaron um recommended that we reach out to her to mm. see if she'd want to participate and it was one of the best phone calls i think i ever made like I, i'm so <laughs> grateful uh that she joined the team and then we like realized we had this connection like years ago and that um, you're just so well connected, Brady. Thanks. 
I do what I can, you know? Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> All of your team members sound like you are involved in so many different kinds of things all happening at the same time. And I'm really curious for both of you, how in the world do you balance running <laughs> this whole, you're, you're, ba- you're running an internet venue. You're working as photographers, as a saxophonist, like playing in bands. And how do you balance all that? Yeah. Um, at the moment, the nice thing is I mostly only have to worry about this. Um, but uh, I mean, I also come from, working a lot of part-time jobs and I'm a gig worker. I'm a freelancer, you know, so I don't know. I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for, for me, this is, um, this whole loudswell thing has been my singular focus, um, since well, that very first gig back, uh, last March, um, I've had the, you know, I guess, um, the pleasure of being able to just work on this, like almost 24 seven, um, and uh, it's it's been a real pleasure. I think I've seen and heard more music in the past year than I had like live in the past ten years. Wow. Like I'm kind of embarrassed at like how much music I'm catching now versus in the before times. Um, so it's it's really been wonderful. That's awesome. Do uh, do either of you have any ideas on how listeners can better support musicians who are doing live streams? Yeah, um, I think just besides uh, donating to anybody's stream, um, buying their merch is also really huge. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Any way that you can support them, if if somebody has a Patreon and you think you want to donate five bucks a month or whatever, like do it. Because um, for a lot of these folks, they have had they've lost so many gigs that they are really just kind of squeaking by, and and helping them in any way you can is really important. Definitely. Especially, yeah. yeah, man. Especially now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Those are great, solid suggestions. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. uh, talking about the future a little, even though Gordon, you said that the future is confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. <laughs> uh, I would love to hear about uh, how you feel Loudswell is growing. What are new things that Loudswell does now that it didn't used to? And also, are there new features or things that Loudswell will do uh, that we should be looking forward to? <laughs> Great questions. Um, the future is confusing, but I think the outlook is generally good. Um, so uh, the site has changed a lot, actually, since that very first show and what we have now, thanks to people like Aaron. Um, like I think I was mentioning, I don't know if this is kind of pre-roll or, or, or what, but like um, right now on the site, you can view any past live stream for free uh, and continue to donate to that artist and Mm -hmm. uh, we'll send the funds their way. And so that kind of creates this perpetual like residual like revenue channel for uh, artists who stream through us, which is kind of nice. And, you know, we've done a ton of shows too. Um, I think in our first year we did something like 200 shows. Uh, So we've been super busy and like the future still looks really busy. Like Brady's been extremely successful at uh, booking artists on the platform. Um, And uh, as far as like future features, I can't really talk about it, but just rest assured that (laughs) what you've seen so far on Loudswell is kind of the tip of the iceberg. We've been, the thing that I've been kind of working 24 seven on behind the scenes is um, some really exciting features that uh, will hopefully expand our service um, to many, many more people. Um, So that's, that's kind of what it looks like for us. Oh, I remember what I remember what I was going to say. So at the very beginning of um, the pandemic, you know, with 
um, people donating uh, in the volumes that they they were like part of me was like I wonder if this is just you know audiences being kind of sympathetic um, and charitable uh, to artists who have lost all their gigs sure. and that this is kind of like a, a temporary like state mm-hmm. um, uh, because our artists are earning something like seven hundred fifty dollars an hour. Um, on average across all of our shows, it's a really good gig. Whoa. And so I was like, this has got to be some anomaly. Right. Um, and sure enough, like through last summer, it dipped just a little bit to about 700 bucks an hour. And now we're way up again, like back into like seven fifty, seven seventy five an hour, uh, as an average. And, and so wow. like, just to be clear, this is per yeah. group, right? Not per person. This is actually like 750 bucks. Yeah. Per group per streamed hour. Sure. Um, yes. <laughs> Thank you. That's a really good clarifying question. Um, but it's been really encouraging to see audiences continue to participate uh, with these live streams and continue to open their wallets and, and help uh, musicians out. I think like they're really getting value out of that. That's, That's awesome. really, really exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so excited to uh, that you exist and uh, provide <laughs> this platform for musicians uh, to continue to be able to perform. That's, that's super cool. rad. So <laughs> Continuing on uh, even further into the future, what do you think things will look like for Loudswell and also other live stream performances post-pandemic? Great question. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, I... I can't tell you enough how excited I am to go to and see a live performance. Um, I'm even more excited to go and play one. I really miss the stage. I really miss the experience of playing to a live audience. Definitely, I cannot wait until that happens. And I think what we've done here was never really meant to replace that exp- uh, that, that experience. Um, but now, like the live streaming genie is out of the bottle, and I think you know for some venues and some artists who have um, found success in earning money mm-hmm. for live streaming from the comfort of their home, um, it's it's kind of hard for me to imagine that live streaming goes away entirely. Um, so you know, one future could be that live streaming like continues to live side by side uh, with uh, live performances, especially for venues where you got to imagine like. Yeah. You know, when a venue like has a cover charge, they're selling, you know, kind of space, (laughs) this limited space. um, And there's like scarcity, right? Like they have to like charge this cover charge and uh, fill their space. But like what a live stream could do is really expand their audience beyond their walls. Like you can like fill a small like local club with an arena sized audience through live streaming. And if you know how to monetize it, it could be really lucrative. So I hope like, you know, more clubs, uh, realize that and continue to do this. I just had one more question. Uh, and that was kind of, do you see anything further down the road in the form of maybe musicians being able to, I'm not really sure how this would work, but maybe not, I don't know if it would be see the audience or, or just see something that would kind of give them something to kind of go on beyond a camera. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, but uh, has there been any thought towards anything like that at all? Um, Max, you could print out a picture of a crowd and put it so right I, above your camera. Well, we can have cardboard cutouts, you know. So, you know, like I was just going to mention, I want to hear from Brady on this too. So, um, but I was just going to mention that the Kirkland Performance Center has been running some live streams and they've done exactly that. They have some cardboard cutouts oh, no way. In, I, their, in their audience. I did uh, one of those there actually. Did yeah. you do that? Yeah. It was How did it very, feel? It was very, well, 
actually, it kind of felt good <laughs> in a really strange way. Yeah, Did it, the personalities was... of the audience feel a little flat to you? Oh, oh no, I don't man. have my symbol and snare drum, Josh. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was hilarious, but it was kind of cool. You know, it was like okay, someone at least put thought into like what we're experiencing here too. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. Brandy, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, yeah, I think uh, just who knows, like just being able to chat with people um, and do something there is is really cool, and that yeah. kind of helps because you can see that there's people there. Yeah. Um, I think you know if you, it's weird to stop. You can't really stop and type. No, that would no. be kind of dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, just talking to people, I think. You know, you could always ask a question like, what's what's everybody's favorite type of insect or whatever? I don't know. And then they can type whatever in the chat and you can really see how many people might be there at that very moment. Is yeah. there just out of curiosity, is there like an option if you wanted to allow it to like let people applaud and hear that applause or something? I'm Not trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if it was Sunday and Mr. Gessel or um, was it Tekla and Jeff. Somebody had like a, an applause button. On yeah, the other it side. Was Jeff. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it was it was kind of amazing because like that's actually something that I've missed as a viewer too. Like yeah. you know, this raging song happens, it ends, and then. Nothing. And then there's silence. There's <laughs> yeah. just a- the chats go wild <laughs> and people use their like clapping emoticons and stuff, yeah. which, yeah. you know, in some cases the artists can see, but you kind of want that, that, that applause track. Yeah. It's pretty weird to just end a song and have it just be a void. It's like, Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Safe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next live yeah. stream performance that you do, Max, you bring two buttons, right? One of them is raging applause and the other one is really spaced out almost quiet golf claps yeah or so, it could have yeah. like two signs mm. on sticks you know with like the applause sign <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right or a laugh track or a laugh track i feel oh, like yeah. it's yeah, good too yeah 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 there's nothing worse than telling a great joke and not hearing any reaction oh. <laughs> oh, so man. as uh we're close to uh coming up on time or running out of questions here but i do I uh, want to ask if uh, there's any shows that are upcoming that in particular that you would like to highlight that are coming up on Let's Well for, for our listeners to go check yeah. out. Um, so kind of in the next week or so after uh, when this is airing, uh, we've got um, TKO, which is um, Tim uh, Kennedy and Kate Olson. Um, they're going to be doing a duo show together at the Royal Room. Um, and that's going to be on May the 4th. Um, on May the 6th, we've got another Royal Room show, which is um, led to see with Alex Guy and um, her trio. And uh, we'll also have a very large band on the 8th, uh, which is the Lucky Mystery Now Orchestra, which is Lucky Brown's group. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many people are in there. I'm not sure how they're going to fit them all on the stage, but we'll find out. Um and then kind of going forward after that, we're going to work again uh, with Band in Seattle. Um, I can't mm, say yet who's awesome. going to be on, um, but we do. Um, so they stream that. It's a, they stream it, the show live through us. And then later on, it's on actual television, um, which is really cool. 
and the band gets this hugely amazing video that's kind of larger than life that also goes on the Alaska Airlines. I was going to say, those are on the airplanes, right? Yeah, so (laughs) it's a really cool deal. So we've got a bunch of um, fun uh, shows like that coming down the line, too. Um, And who knows? Things I don't even know about yet. (laughs) Sweet. Sounds like a pretty exciting lineup. Yeah. Thank you so much to both of you, Gordon and Brady, for taking yeah. the time to talk to us about this amazing platform. Thank you so much for all the work that you do for musicians here in Seattle and all around everywhere on the internet. Uh, and, and congrats. Yeah, on congratulations your and, and on your the success. Award. Yeah. You too. Thanks to Josh and Max and your golden ear. And I think this podcast that you put together is amazing. It's really good to hear some voices of people I haven't seen in a long time. So like hats off to you guys too. <laughs> Thank you. It's really yeah. fun to get to feature uh, different exciting music and, and projects that uh, we're stoked about and get to talk, talk about them to, you know, everybody else. So, and also wanted to thank everybody who's listening. If you're listening, you've been uh, checking out Jazz Talk Seattle And if you would like to hear more, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your regular podcasts. If you want to follow more news about what's going on with us, you can check us out on Facebook. Just look up Jazz Talk Seattle. We have a new episode out every month. And this is the end of this one. And we look forward to um, hanging out with you next month. Bye.